0: Wow, what an absolute honor it is. I, I really want to just thank every woman in this church body. I, I, we are surrounded, and I know you guys agree with me, we're surrounded by some incredible women. And so, Kate, I want to honor you as leading us in that. I bless you. I thank you for the way that you release us, that you call us out and call us higher. Thank you that, that we get to ride with you, alongside you, and I bless you to be an incredible, leave an incredible deposit in Colombia as you go. Thank you, Holy Spirit, and may the women be filled up as they, as they pour out. <laughs> Woo! It's really exciting. <laughs> so I'm going to, um, we actually, you'll see the pool over here, we've got baptisms today, which is really exciting. So before you go and ask your, um, the Ignite Group leaders about the Ignite Groups, what, well, or in the interim, you can go and ask them about that, and then we're going to have baptisms at the end of the meeting. So it's an exciting day, and I just want to let you know right from the outset at the beginning, if you feel the Holy Spirit stirring your heart, and you, you feel him tugging on your heartstrings, and you've not been baptized in water before, today is the day, and I want to invite you. To consider that there's no time like the present, is there? So just be tuning in. Usually when you get a few butterflies, that's a good indication that it's the Holy Spirit. (laughs) I know for me that is, you know, when I start to feel a little bit, oh, oh, when someone's speaking. (laughs) Oh, I'm gonna continue just from Murray shared last week about the armor of God. Well, he shared about the, the shoes of the gospel of peace and um, about the call for us to stand firm. And I'm going to just complete that or try to complete that today or get, deposit what the Holy Spirit's given me <laughs> in this time. So I'm excited. I I, I feel like we, yeah, Murray said last week, we're in, a, we're in a battle, we're in a war. We all face our own individual battles, whether that's internally or things coming against us. Um, there is a, a fight going on. It's It's in our personal lives at times and then also corporately and across this nation and across the world. There's there's a battle going on. And I'm just going to read again from Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10, if you want to turn there with me. There is a battle and we have an enemy, the whole armor of God. Finally, And the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication to that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. I'm not going to go into it today, but at the end, I really feel like there's that seventh piece of armor, which is prayer. That's the, that is, prayer is so important. Prayer, you know, conversing with the King of Kings is really important. Hearing his heart, hearing his perspective and getting with him and and partnering with him in that place where, where we can hear him, where we can know what he's saying and we can declare and release what he wants to do in our lives and in the lives of people around us. So it is really an important part of the armor. It kind of tops it all off. So we are in a war where it doesn't take much for us to see looking at our lives. I don't know about you, but if you can look at your lives, you can look at the lives of those going around you, that, that individually, culturally, politically, sometimes financially, relationally, we have issues and troubles. I think in this nation, uh, family is under attack. The Godly family is, is coming under assault. We have marriages and what actually is marriage that that has been traditional between one man and one woman. That's coming under assault, under attack. We have identity under attack, you know, our own personal identity and then God-given identity, male and female, and who he says that we are. It's coming under attack. We see fighting between political, um, different political parties and different races and different um, people from different backgrounds. And we see sometimes insecurity financially, instability financially, don't we? Maybe you're having some of these issues. Maybe personally, you're even kind of coming under the pressure. And I think what Paul is trying to say here is that we do have an enemy. We do have difficulties. We have an enemy that we cannot see, but this enemy that we cannot see wants us to think that these things, these external things, are the problem. He wants to so blind us or confuse us that we look at the issues, whether it's relational issues between husband and wife, you know, we want to blame the other person, well, if you would be different, then my life would be better. I don't know if anybody else does that in their marriage. If you would just change, that, everything would be much better for me. <laughs> we, you know, he's, the enemy wants to blind us and cause us to point the finger at and get exhausted in the battle of the flesh and blood, of the circumstances, of the external things. But if it's not that, he wants to blind us to the fact that he, he is actually at work and numb us. You know, I think sometimes our problem in the church is we either give the devil too much authority or we don't recognize where he's at work in our lives. And I believe that Paul is teaching us here how we can stand strong, how we get to do spiritual warfare. It's not maybe like the traditional way, <laughs> But sometimes we can get a little bit skewed in our view and we give the devil, we give the enemy too much power, too much um, authority, or we just don't recognize his schemes. He wants us to think that we're wrestling against those physical situations. He wants us to think that it's a flesh and blood battle. He wants us to turn our anger towards our spouse or towards our boss or towards our children or towards our friend or towards our colleague he wants us to turn our frustration towards our classmate towards our children towards our parents he wants to he wants to exhaust us so that we give up he wants to cause us to blame to kind of bombard us with stuff that then we we turn to blame and to 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 put it towards somebody else or something else, some other situation. So we end up distracted. We end up not recognizing the battle. We waste our energy and we waste our thoughts. So often we waste our thought life. The word wrestle, I just want to go back over what Murray said, the word wrestle in this passage means hand-to-hand combat. The devil is not and his, and his minions are not far off. <laughs> Those of you who have seen Despicable Me, <laughs> the devil and his, his hordes, they're not a long way off. They want to get right up close and personal. This is hand-to-hand combat with an opponent. What are you wrestling against? What are the, what are the things, the circumstances that you feel like you've been wrestling against? What do you feel is trying to pin you down? You know, wrestling is is this sport that is new to me. Really, I don't fully understand it. I find it a bit unusual. <laughs> you have the the big the W W F fighters, and then you have schools and wrestling. I, I know it takes a lot of skill, but Murray was sharing a bit about jujitsu yesterday, but it's it's kind of an unusual thing. But there, you have in wrestling, it's so close and personal, and and you, the, the, the idea is that one opponent has to pin the other opponent down. So what is trying to pin you down? What do you feel is, is trying to push you down and keep you from living in the fullness of what the Father has for you? Well, I just want to say today, that is not your battle. Your, that is not the battle. That is not our battle against flesh and blood. It is against the powers, the authorities, the spiritual forces in the heavenly realms. But those spiritual forces aren't a long way off. They get right up close and personal. Our battle is not against flesh and blood. The enemy, it says there, he against the scheme to stand against the schemes of the devil. He is scheming. He has the intent to deceive us. He is intending to deceive us. He is intending to use methods and strategies and tactics. He is observing us. He's looking at our weaknesses. He's looking at the relationships. Like I mean husbands and wives. We come together and it's like The perfect situation for a storm, isn't it? We get married, we're in love and everything's wonderful and then we start living with each other and we realize, ooh, we start rubbing up against some of the, you know, the uncomfortable bits. The enemy is observing, he's watching where our weaknesses are and he wants to jump onto those things to get us deceived. He uses dirty tactics and methods to hinder, to confuse, to cause doubt to, to come on to where we feel a little, where we maybe struggle with a bit of fear. He wants to use that to come in and dig and cause us to be frozen and not actually to be able to act, to thwart the call of God on our lives, to stop us from living in the freedom that Jesus has won for us already. But yes, as Murray said last week, we do have the victory. We are on the winning team, which to me is always exciting. <laughs> We are not in a battle that we are going to lose, but it still is a battle. You know, in, earlier in Ephesians, I, I really love the book of Ephesians. It's so much about our identity. But in Ephesians two six, it, it says that we're seated with Christ in heavenly places. Right now, the, there's there's something significant about that. Did you know in when, when the when there were kings, more kings than there are today, and they were going out to battle, kings would sometimes get into their throne and sit as a declaration that the battle has been won. So they would sit in their throne we have vi- saying, I have victory. I, I have victory. And so it's not a, an accident that, that Paul uses that terminology, that we are seated with Christ. Jesus won the victory, didn't he? When he rose again from the, from the tomb, he defeated, he had victory, he holds the keys of hell and death and he has the victory, he won and he sat down at the right hand of the father. And when we said yes to him, we were we died with him, we were buried with him, we were raised with him, and now we are seated with him in the place of victory. <laughs> So, if you are in a battle, which you are in, remember, remind yourself, I want to encourage you to remind yourself that you are seated in the place of victory. It symbolizes victory against the attacks and the onslaughts of the enemy. But the enemy is trying to stir things up, isn't he? He's trying to, he's trying to cause, wreak havoc. And I think that Paul is inviting us here, he, he commands us in this passage to be strong, He says, be strong, and Murray alluded to it last week. Be strong, so it's a passive, we're strengthened in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord, so that's the passive thing. That comes from God. We can't make that happen, but we can be strengthened in the Lord. But then he says, on the evil day, to stand against the spiritual forces, he says... For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness and all of that. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. So there's the passive being strengthened in the Lord and then there is the active. Therefore, we take up, we put on the full armor of God. We are clothed in power. We're clothed in him but we need to activate what he's given us. You know, I can know I have something, but unless I use it, I'm not actually getting anywhere. If I, if I know, if you think about it, right, back in the day when, sla- when slavery was abolished, praise the Lord that it was abolished. When slavery was abolished, there were places that didn't get the news. And so there were slaves that were still in captivity and living their lives as if they were still slaves. The truth was they were free, but they were not living in their freedom. So, we can know that we're clothed in power. We can know that we have the armor of God, but unless we activate it daily and use it and stand actively in him, then we can get a little shaky, we can it can maybe seem to us like we're losing the war a little. So, today we get to put on the belt of truth. I just want to say right from the outset, again, this is, this is God's armor. You, if you look in Isaiah 59, 17, it's, it says, For he put on righteousness, talking about God, he put on righteousness as a breastplate, a helmet of salvation on his head, he put on the garments of vengeance for clothing, and was clad with zeal as a cloak. I love that. I know that vengeance actually belongs to the Lord. That's not mine. It belongs to the Lord. He's gonna. He's going to deal with vengeance. But I get to have the cloak of zeal, the breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of salvation. We are clothed. We are. We are clothed in his power. That is the truth. And in that place, we get to put on the belt of truth. You know, this is really significant that the belt of truth was the first piece of armor. You know, it was, Paul was in prison. He would have been surrounded by Roman soldiers and he would have had a very up close and personal look at the armor of of the Roman soldiers. And he started to kind of see like a similarity between things that the Father has given us to stand in. And he would have seen that the the belt of truth, the belt, was the the very first and foundational part of a soldier's armor. It's the first piece to be put on. The, The Roman soldier's belt is the part that is the anchor for every other part of the armor. Truth is our anchor. His truth. His truth is our anchor. His truth is what he says over us, what he says in his word, what he calls us to, who he says he is in his word, and who he says we are, that is our anchor. And we're called to be girded wrapped, like wrapped up in his truth. I want to be so wrapped in his truth that nothing can get through. (laughs) Not quite big enough to, I need to lose a few pounds. (laughs) Yeah. His truth is our anger. We get to, as we're wrapped in his truth, we can withstand the onslaught of the enemy in the evil day, in the day where he's coming to try and get in at us, which is most days. It's not a relative truth. He is the way to the Father. He is the truth of who the Father is, and He is our life. He is our source. He is everything. It's not a wishy-washy, relative, worldly kind of truth that we see today. It's, oh, do I feel, if I feel that's good for me today, I can do it. You know, I feel like this this makes me feel good. So, yeah, that's my truth, and then somebody else next to me has a different truth. It's not that kind of truth. It is rock solid, absolute, this is what he says. This is who he is. This is who I am. And I am going to, and I am wrapped in his truth. I'm girded. I am ready. When a soldier put his belt on, he was ready for action. Are you ready? (laughs) His, His truth is the plumb line to which I get to test everything by, that I get to test. If I'm not sure about something, I get to see what he has. I get to understand. That's why we don't want to not, we don't want to get away. I'm constantly convicted. And, and invited by the Holy Spirit to come and understand more of who he is by reading his word. And as I do, I'm just always amazed. I may have read something over and over again, but his truth just jumps out to me. The, the person of truth jumps out to me as I submit and yield, and it becomes like a plumb line, like this thing that I can measure life by. by I can measure my choices and my decisions by. If it doesn't line up with this, then it's probably not true. <laughs> so, some, I'm a feeler and I don't have anything against feelings. They're from God. God gave us feelings. But there are times where my feelings, I am completely sure, do not line up with the truth of what he says. Particularly at different times and sometimes on a monthly basis. (laughs) My feelings might tell me, oh, I'm so tired. I'm so tired. I don't have more to give. But on those days, and I make light of it, but there are other times where my feelings... Don't line up with his truth. The enemy, he wants to deceive us. He, want, he, he is hes using tax, tactics, as I said. He wants, to, he wants to deceive us. And the thing with deception is when you're in deception, and I know this about myself because I was once fully in deception. I did not know the Lord. And he opened my eyes. But before that, my eyes were, were closed. I didn't see him. I didn't want to know him. I didn't have his wisdom or his love, and I was deceived, and we can still sometimes be a little deceived. He likes, the enemy likes to, he's the angel of light. He likes to appear a little bit like the truth, quite similar, but just a little way off, and he deceives us, and the thing is, when you're in deception, you're usually the last one to know, aren't you? He likes, he's like, I don't know if you, know if you remember when Supraza was here and he was sharing about the hyena that would come and, and take the, um, the goats by the ear and the enemies like that. He kind of starts to whisper things to us and, oh yeah, they don't really like you. You don't really belong here. You need to leave. They don't, you know, you need to go and find another place. That's deception. That's deception. You, wanna, you, you don't realize until... Maybe sometimes it's a little bit too late or you're right over the edge and it's a little bit difficult to come back. Satan is like that hyena, pulling us away from the truth of who we are and who he is. Has, has anyone here seen the movie Inception? I found it really difficult to comprehend. I am one of those movie-going girls who really likes the fluff. I really like to just go and switch off. So you come to our house and we have hundreds of romantic comedies in our Anyone who's ever lived in our house or, you know. (laughs) Poor Murray. You can all pray for Murray at the end. (laughs) (laughs) I do like the movie Gladiator, though. I really find it, it's a very spiritual movie, but. (laughs) And it's not because of Russell (laughs) Crowe. But anyway, in the, the thing with the, the movie Inception is Leonardo DiCaprio, he's playing this guy and he, he will sometimes get into a dream and then he's in a dream and he's in another dream and then he's in a dream within a dream within a dream and it just blows my mind. But he just keeps going deeper and deeper into these dreams and I would be like, Murray, what's he's like, shh, shh, shh. like, what's happening? Is this real? Is it fake? Is it, is this the reality? But he doesn't know what his reality is and then he has this revelation that it, and he, ta- he can take a spinning, a, a spinning top with him. And he knows in his dream if, if he spins the top, he if it doesn't fall over, then it's not reality. It's not truth. It's just a dream. But if it falls over, then you know that gravity is working and it's it's reality. So he he can understand. And sometimes we need someone, truth, outside of ourselves to let us know what is reality and what is not, what is Really, because things seem so real. Sickness seems so real in our bodies, doesn't it? It seems like it's the, the, the doctor's diagnosis seems like it's the truth. But actually, his spiritual reality is much higher than that. And that's why we need his truth. And that truth is not just here, but it is here. It's also an experiential truth. You know, John 8 32 says, and you will know the truths, the person. You will know intimately in a, a marriage kind of way knowing. You will know the truth, the person of truth, and the truth, he will set you free. So we can experience his truth daily, the person of truth daily in our lives to know, okay, my sheep hear my voice. Now go this way, sheep. Come on, sheep. I love you. You hear me. You can act on my word. I just love my niece Jess's heart for obedience. Whenever she is just in the presence of God, I just love, I love to see her just, yes, 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 you can have it all. You can have all of me. And that's the invitation for us, is the yes, the oh, yes, yes. Yes, the truth. As I encounter you, that person of truth, you can have my yes. I want to let go. I want to hear what you have to say, and I want to do what you want me to do. Ha! Huh. In that place, when I know who I am, I encounter him daily, not just here on a Sunday, not just in Ignite groups, although these things are amazing. I get to experience his truth. I get to walk with him. I get to know every step of every day what to do, how to do it, and when to do it, because I'm in him. I'm clothed in him, and I'm in him here. I will be immovable in that place of truth as I'm girded, strong, standing firm. I will be unshakable as I know what he said over me, the promises that he's given me in his word and prophetically, and I will know I will know when the enemy's coming with those lies and deception because it doesn't line up with his truth. And I will not be easy prey in that moment, in the day of evil. I'll know that I'm not my past. I know that I am not attached to my past anymore. And when the enemy tries to lead me in that way and tempt me, oh, I can see it much sooner than I ever used to be able to see it because I know his truth. I'm blessed with every spiritual blessing. I know I'm chosen, that he chose me, even if everybody else rejects me, he chose me. I know that I'm blameless, that the enemy and nobody has anything against me. I know I'm loved. I'm adopted. I belong in a family. I know the truth is I'm redeemed through his blood. I'm washed in His blood. I'm completely forgiven. I'm full of the Holy Spirit. I have a, that's my inheritance, guaranteeing me of the wonderful things to come, and I can pull that inheritance from then into now. That's the truth. (laughs) I am seated with Him in heavenly places, and everything is under my feet. (laughs) Woo! (laughs) So... The truth, then we get to the breastplate, the breastplate of righteousness, put on, So having put on the, the belt of truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, so the breastplate of the breastplate in the Roman soldiers' um, armor was a it would go over their shoulders and come down, and it was a very thick and heavy. Piece of the armor. It would it would come over their shoulders, sometimes go over to the back, and then it would cover their torso and sometimes even a little bit lower. It would it it was a vital piece of equipment in battle. Without a breastplate, obviously your, your vital organs, namely your heart, would be completely exposed, and a soldier really would be inviting death, particularly when the enemy is using arrows and firing arrows. It just would get through. But with a breastplate, the soldier would would be protected and cover, covered. He would be completely, um, well, pretty safe from the attack of the enemy to his heart. Now, Jesus wants to protect our heart. Out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Out of the, the wellspring of life, the issues of, uh, the, the heart is like the wellspring of life. Issues come out of the heart. There's a lot of stuff that happens in our heart, isn't it? And the Father has given us his righteousness. We have the righteousness of Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, he became sin that we might become the righteousness of God. He did all of the right living on our behalf. Righteousness is, is right side up living. It's living the right way up. Unrighteousness is living upside down to the kingdom. Okay? He removed our sin as far as the east is from the west. Romans 8.1, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. His righteousness, I'm clothed in him. I have the breastplate of righteousness which protects me from the enemy who wants to come and attack me, I am covered and his righteousness protects my heart. His righteousness is is not just what he did for me on the cross and living the perfect life, that I'm, I'm clothed in his righteousness. I have become his righteousness. I am holy and blameless and pure before him and before others, before the enemy, But then there's also in this passage the righteousness that is also being referred to is actually our ethical living. So I know once we're saved, we're we're clean and we're spotless. But the enemy likes to come and trick us and try to cause us to go back to some of the old ways of thinking. And if we're not if we're not aware and putting on the breastplate of righteousness we can go down some of those, those paths a little bit too much and we, we start to open a door which creates a little bit of a landing strip for the enemy to come in and twist and deceive us again and get us locked into sin and, and chained up again. So yes, in Jesus, we are, we are completely righteous, but there is our, our behavior, which is the fruit of our heart, is really important to the Father. And I think sometimes in the church, we wash over that a little bit because we're so, we have a misunderstanding of what the grace of Jesus is. And we think grace is licensed to just get a little bit too close to the edge or step over the edge because I can, you know, he's when I forgive my sins, he's faithful and just and he'll forgive me and cleanse me of all unrighteousness. I know I've got that in my back pocket. But actually, the righteousness that we're invited into is understanding that we are full of the Holy Spirit. We're clothed in his power. And the Holy Spirit on the inside of us allows us, enables us, empowers us to say no, to cut off, to just say no to the unrighteousness, to say no to the temptation to gossip, to say no to having just another drink or another um, cookie or another... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, whatever it is. That's, the, that's reality. That's real life, isn't it? <laughs> I am no more under condemnation. I have his righteousness, but I get to choose to live in that righteousness, to walk it out daily with the help of the Holy Spirit. I get to choose and rely on the power of the Holy Spirit to do the right thing, Righteousness is from God, but I have daily choices. And the enemy is warring against me. He's trying to tempt me towards unrighteousness, to keep me bound up. Do you know the soldier's armor weighed about 70 pounds? It was pretty heavy. But it was too much for the soldier to carry. Just the the breastplate is the heaviest part of the armor. It, It would weigh them down. It, would, it, it was out of the 70 pounds, I don't know how many pounds, but it was a lot. And it was thick, and it would really weigh them down. Now, what they would do is the, the, the breastplate would sit on the belt. So the, that would lift some of the, the weight off the shoulder of the soldier. Now, what is really cool here, right is, you know, we get into self-righteousness and doing the right thing and the pressure of religious good works. Anyone ever come under that? I, I have to do it. I've got to make this, you know, in my own strength, you know. Man, that weighs you down, doesn't it? That weighs you down. This is all about what I do. This is all about what I do. This is all about what I do. I can't do enough to make him happy with me. I have to do more. It becomes a heavy weight. But if that righteousness is clipped into the truth, which is I have righteousness from God, I have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of me who empowers me to say no, I am free to move and to walk and to live in the freedom that Jesus won for me. That's good news, isn't it? Righteousness is from the Lord and the Holy Spirit enables us to say no to unrighteousness. Our, the truth, our righteousness is anchored in the truth. He wants us to get caught up in sin, to get weighed down by it, to get bogged down by it, to get into religious works, to try to do the good thing, to be self-righteous, to have our own righteousness, but actually, in the truth, we're free and the weight is lifted off. Our righteousness needs to be anchored in his truth. And yes, if we confess our sin, as he's whispering and trying to get us to turn around, go back into the old life, oh, the Holy Spirit. I can say no. Oh no, I don't need that. I don't need that. I can address the issue of my heart, which is protected by the breastplate of righteousness. I can address the issue of my heart, so I don't need to open that door to the enemy. I can say no, and I could go to my friend and say, "I need help with this. This is an issue for me. I need your help. Will you help me?" Or I can go to the Lord and I can say, "Lord, in this moment," and He promises me that He will never lead me into a place that will be too much for me to handle. So right now, in this place, I'm going to get there early on. I'm getting there early on and he's going he's to he's speak to me and he's going to forgive me and he's going to wash me and he's going to realign me in his truth, what he says about me, who he says I am, not what I'm not. Whew. So the, the gospel of the, the shoes of the gospel of peace, Murray alluded to that last week, so I'm not going to go into it too much. You can watch the video uh, recording online. But just suffice it to say, the shoes of the armor of the the soldier, they had what we call cleats on them, or stones, or sharp things, and they were to dig into the ground to allow them to stand firm in the battle. And we have received the gospel, the good news of Jesus. He's made peace with us. We have made peace with him through his death, through receiving him as our Savior, And we can stand firm in the place when the enemy wants to attack. And we can be, when there's a storm going on around us, we can be in a place of absolute peace. When things are coming against us, when it seems like it's a flesh and blood thing, we know, oh, it's not. And I am safe and I'm protected and I'm good. He's going to look after me. I can stand firm and be in peace. And then I get to release that peace. That peace goes me wherever I go. It's like a bubble around me wherever I go. The shield of faith. I'll just go over these last few, few quickly. The shield of faith. All the other items before now, all the other items were, were things that you wore, like clothing, items that you wore. But this, the next three, the shield, the helmet, and the sword, they're all things that you have to take up. I think there's something quite significant in that. The shield of faith, which extinguishes the fiery darts from the enemy. Okay, we take up the the shield of faith. It's not like we say, God, give me more faith. He's given us a gift of faith. He's given each one of us a gift of faith. And we get to pick it up. And we get to, when the enemy is trying to come against us, usually, as I said before, against our identity or against our belief system or against who he says we are or who he is or who others are to us. He usually comes in that way, sends those fiery darts. He doesn't play fair. He he blows things up out of proportion. But as we lift up the shield of faith, we get to extinguish. As we lift up and exercise the gift of faith that he's given us, not say, oh, give me more faith, But say, God, I use, I activate the faith that you've given me to quench, to extinguish, to completely put out those lies and the fiery darts that the enemy's trying to blow at me, to throw at me. The Roman shield was really big. It was almost like the whole length of the person. It was a bit curved. And so it would really work well to protect the person. Faith is protection. Faith is a substance. It's not wishy-washy. It's not a wish. Faith is the substance. You can grab hold of it. God has said this to me. He's promised me these things. Faith is tangible. It's solid proof. It's not wishful thinking. It's the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things that aren't seen. It just needs to be activated. Faith is the active agent. He's promised me things. He said things. The shield of faith, I step out. I use it. I step out in faith as I activate and believe Him. It's of substance. Faith causes us to act. Unbelief and lack of faith causes us to shy away and pull back and withdraw. But faith causes us to act. And we have that gift of faith from the Father. It's by grace that we've been saved through faith. And that none of yourselves, and that not of yourselves, sorry, it is the gift of God. We just get to exercise it and use it to extinguish the fiery darts of the enemy. Whatever he's coming against you at, faith, no, this is who he says I am. This is what he's promised me. The helmet of salvation, the Roman helmet, covered the head, covered the whole head down to the cheeks quite often. The helmet of salvation covers, protects our minds. As I said before, the biggest battle for us is in our minds quite often, isn't it? It's those thoughts, those, those ungodly thoughts or those twisted beliefs. Because of circumstances, we've taken note and believed the external stuff going on around us and made a, a decision or a judgment based on that. So we go down this thought and we believe those lies. I've, I've said it before, you know, you feel like these thoughts are coming, I'm not loved, and then, oh, you can get on that train, you know, the, the, the train at the station, the door opens, imagine that train is abandonment, oh, I don't feel loved, someone didn't say hello to me today, oh, I'm going to step into that train, and then I'm going to go along, I'm going to, the doors are going to close, and I'm going to keep going down that track, faith That salvation, the helmet of salvation, causes us to be able to say no to getting on that thought, that train of thought, and going way too far down the line. (laughs) Salvation, we're saved, healed, delivered. It's the renewal of our mind. It's the battlefield that the devil wants to wage war on, and he bombards us with lies. But Romans 12 2 says, Do not be conformed to the world but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that you might know and prove the good, perfect will of God. So it's all about being transformed. We get to surrender. The transformation is God's responsibility. Our responsibility is to surrender and yield, just as Jess had us pray this morning. So I invite you today to yield. And then the sword of the Spirit the sword of the spirit is the only offensive weapon. It's the only offensive weapon in the armory. Interesting that it's the last one, but it's also very important. The sword, and sometimes I used to picture the swords being like these massive long um, like things that like a lightsaber that they would battle with, you know. But actually the sword that's talked about, that's described here, is a shorter sword, double, double-sided blade so it could inflict a lot of damage, but it was close close hand-to-hand combat. So we get to fight, stand firm, but at, as the enemy is trying to come to, to attack us with the fiery darts, with the lies, with circumstances, we get to fight with the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. It's, it's close. It's real. It's personal. And we get to hold up the word just as Jesus did when he was taken out to the desert and come actively, proactively, offensively against those lies of the enemy. We get to, th- the word in this, the word is the rhema word. So we have the Logos and the Rhema. The Logos is the printed, you know, the written word here. And the Rhema is the utterance, the, the um, spoken word, the declared word, the powerful word for now, which can be this. Jesus used the word to, to come against, to put, to, to just cut off the lies of the enemy in the desert. And we get to do that. We, we get to use the logos as a ramer and now word for us to deflect to fight to cut off the attack of the enemy as he's trying to come and get us i want to encourage you to write down to speak out the promises and the words that he's given it, given you to not look at the current circumstances but say lord what do you say to me now I'm going to, you know, the enemy's trying to come against me circumstantially or with an attack in a relationship. He's trying to use somebody, not flesh and blood, but he's, he's maybe using, influencing someone or using somebody else's weakness to, to ping off my weakness. I want to have eyes to see and I'm going to get out the sword of the spirit and I'm going to cut that off. See it for what it is. I'm going to pull up the promises that he has for me. Lord, what are you saying to me today about this situation? What what active living word do you have for me today? And I might find it in here or I might get it in a moment where I'm just listening to him. That's the invitation. And then finally to pray. Okay, so I really felt like, I'm going to invite you to stand. I really felt like the, the Lord... If I can have the worship team up here now, that'd be really good. I really felt like the Lord was, was calling us to action today, calling us. You may, be, you, may have, you may know about the armor of God, and you may be deliberately say, standing firm, but I felt like there may be some people here who, who feel a little battle-worn, a little tired, feeling a bit pinned down by the enemy, maybe feeling a bit distracted. Maybe you've either given the enemy too much Wait, or you've not seen the schemes that he's trying to use against you and I felt like the father today was calling us to to come and stand before him and say we're reporting to reporting for duty we did this as a team the other the other week we stood up and we said okay we're ready for duty you know we're a family but we're an army as well and he wants us to be able to stand firm clothed in him remembering we're clothed in him and actively using the armor that he's given us to to deflect and to defend and to to thwart the attack of the enemy so i want to just give you an opportunity right now if you feel like you've been a little bit beaten down, a little bit tired. I want to give you an opportunity to respond and say, okay, I'm reporting for duty. I'm no longer gonna kind of lay down. I'm no longer gonna let him have any more in my life that he needs to. I want to invite you just to come forward and respond in faith to him. I mean we could probably all respond and say, yep, we're here reporting for duty, Lord. <laughs> but if you feel like this word, you feel like you're a little battle worn, a little, a little worn down and you want to activate and, and just come in faith and say, yes, I'm standing before you, Lord. I want to invite you to come forward now and just say yes to him. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We worship you. We worship you. You know the amazing thing about the shield of, the shield in the Roman soldiers armor they were they were so big that they could it, when they were being they were under heavy attack they could be stand together and they they formed this thing called a tortoise shell and it was like they would all hold their their shields up and they would be all protected and covered from the the attack of the enemy And it's like that in the the church, the family of God. Sometimes we need someone to come and stand alongside of us with their shield as well as ours. We need to join our faith together and have someone stand beside us. So I want to invite the ministry team or if you know someone who's come to the front here, I want to invite you to come and just stand beside them as an act of saying, I'm here with you. You're not alone. I'm here with you. Just put your hand on them when you're with them. If you don't have someone standing with you, just raise your hand and we'll get some people to you. Lift your hand up high so we can see. Can we have Ignite Group leaders come and help if there's not enough ministry team, please? Okay, Father, right now, we come to you. We love you. Thank you that we are clothed in your power. We are clothed in your armour. And the truth is, we're a little battle-worn, we're a little weary, but today we say no. Today, we look to you. Would you just lift off any ungodly pressure that's come against us? Would you lift off any self-effort, self-righteousness that we've been walking in, where we feel like we have to do it, we have to behave, we have to do it ourselves, where we're tired and weary? Lift it off. Religious works, would you lift them off right now? Lift off heaviness, Father. Lift off weariness. And come right now with your truth. Come right now with your truth. That we are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. That we are on the winning team that though we may be hard pressed or downtrodden, we are not crushed, we're not alone. And we remind ourselves of that very truth now. We, we just say yes to the belts being girded, wrapped in the truth of who you say we are. We say yes, if you need to say yes, I say yes to that belt of truth wrapping around me that's strength. I say yes to the breast breastplate of righteousness not in my own works, but I have the Holy Spirit on the inside of me who can lead me and cause me and empower me to say no to the thoughts that are bombarding me. I put on the helmet of salvation, the renewal of my mind. I surrender to the renewing of my mind right now. I take up the shield of faith that will protect me from the fiery darts of the enemy. I actively lift up the faith that you've given me. I don't look at someone else and say, I wish I had their faith. But I use the faith that you've given me. And I wield the mighty sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, that it allows me to cut through lies, allows me to cut off those things that the enemy is trying to say that I am or that I'm not. And right now I surrender. And say yes, in Jesus' name. Just keep receiving. And I just, there's one other group I really wanted to, maybe you haven't said yes to Jesus in your life yet. Maybe you've been standing here thinking, I don't know if I'm a soldier. I don't know if I belong. And the Father's been tugging on your heart. Well, I want to give you an opportunity to give your life to Jesus today. Or if maybe you've been kind of turned away from him but you wanna come back, you wanna recommit your life. I wanna give you that opportunity to come into his freedom as a soldier of the Lord today, activating the full armour of God. It says in Romans 10 verse nine, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. Romans 10, 13 says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That's anyone. So I want to invite you, if this is you, if you want to say yes to Jesus today, then you pray with me. We can all pray this together. Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. Come into my heart. Wash me clean. I make you my Lord and Saviour. Fill me, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Now, if you've prayed that prayer for the first time or you've recommitted your life I want you to know we believe you and I want to invite you if you would like today you can get baptized it can be as quick as that you can yes get baptized in water which is just you signifying I'm I'm dying with Jesus and I'm publicly acknowledging my death with Jesus I'm going down into the waters letting him wash off everything of my old life and then I'm coming up, being raised to life with Jesus today. And I'm, I'm just declaring that He is my Lord and Savior. And I'm going to walk in His power. So we're going to transition into the baptisms. And if you said yes to Jesus today, I want to encourage you. If, you're gonna, if you feel bold and brave, you can come and let us know that you want to be baptized today. But it's okay if you don't. I'm encouraging you to come to act to take up the faith that the Father's given you today but if not I want to encourage you find a good Bible believing church that you can get involved in and grow in you could make this church your home or another church that's fine okay thank you Jesus well we're gonna let's give the Lord a hand